You know the vibes. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast, brought to you by NBA 2K24. It's myself, Momunti, alongside me as always, the three-time NBA champion, BJ Armstrong. BJ, it's Friday. It's the end of the week. It's almost time for your Lions. But we ain't gonna talk about that. We're talking about the NBA. How have you been? Oh, good, good. All-star starters were named. That's right. You know, That's you know. literally seconds before we recorded this, they were named. Yes, what are yes, your first thoughts? Named. You know, for anyone who's not heard, let me bring you up to speed. We'll start with the Eastern Conference. In the Eastern Conference, you have Giannis Antetokounmpo, who got the most votes, who's the captain of the team. Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Halliburton, and Damian Lillard. What is your reaction? Congratulations. Congratulations. They were voted in by the fans. So, hey, this is what the people wanted. Those were great names, great selections, and well-deserved. I'm sure we can make some arguments um, that would come to mind immediately. However, you know, there are only five people that can the, be selected. Uh, so, so, you know, congratulations. The fan vote only accounts for 50% of the result. The rest okay. of it is current players and a media panel. So okay. it's not just pure fan voting. So Damian Lillard, in my humble opinion, does not deserve to be an all-star starter this season. It should be Jalen Brunson instead. Jalen Brunson's okay. played, what, almost every game? He's missed two games the entire season. He's averaging more points on better efficiency. And their final score was actually the same. But I think Dame had a couple more fan votes, so he got in. But... Mm -hmm. Jalen Brunson deserved to be an all-star starter this season. I don't know if 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 you've been watching Milwaukee and you think Dame is all the one of the two best guards in the East. I don't think so. I would have even maybe had Maxi ahead of Dame as well. Not being a hater on Damian Lillard, but that's just my opinion. What are your thoughts? We do this every year. There's only five spots. I think Maxi should be named an all-star. I think Jalen Brunson should be named an all-star. Now, whether you're a starter, what have you, I think both of I think both of those guys will be named. Now, in Dame's defense, I mean they do have the second best record in the league. So he's doing something. He's doing something right. However, you know, there people make legitimate arguments by their play. Certainly those two that you just named those guys have having fantastic seasons. And if you add in the body of work last year by Jalen Brunson, certainly his body of work speaks for itself for the last year and a half since he's arrived there in New York. Mm -hmm. So I don't have a problem with that. Dame has been Dame. He has a high level of expectations. He's come over now to the East from the Western conference. So, you know, I, I get it, but I, I fully, I would be shocked, in particular, if Jalen Brunson is not named. Oh, he has to be. He has to be. Okay. And Tyrese Maxey on the season, I think they are currently third, should be named. And if he's not named, then I think we should have a discussion. Because who, who both of your, those guys. Who would your stars be for the Eastern Conference? I'm okay with those starters. That's who you would select. Yeah. If you were picking the All-Star well, starters. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm okay with that. I mean, you can go Brunson. You can go... Uh, uh, Dame, you could go Maxi. I'm okay with that. I don't think there's a large separation. No, no, no. But if you were picking, 
Yeah, it, it it doesn't it doesn't matter. No, no, no. I, I, but if I value, you were picking, I value who winning. is the names that I you value, would put. I value. So you would put Dame Lillard. I yes, I I value that. Okay. I have value for that. Well, and, over over in the West, the fans valued winning as Shagos Alexander um, made the All Star game. Or well, the, the mm-hmm. rest of the players: LeBron, KD, mm-hmm. Jokic, Luca. That's who you expect. Shagos mm-hmm. Alexander in ahead of Stephen Curry. Now, Stephen Curry is one of the most little, popular yeah. players in the NBA. And listen, Shea, in my opinion, is the MVP, right? So it's not that I'm knocking him. I'm just saying I thought the fans would give more votes to Steph Curry because of him obviously being Steph Curry. But I'm not mad at this. Again, when you look at this, you know, you, you look at body of work. I'm, I'm always about body of work and giving these guys the respect, right? Whether you have... 10 or 15 bad games in the first 40 games of the season or whatever the case may be. And that's why I'm saying I'm not upset with Dame. Listen, if you're just saying this year, let's just say this year, if you're just, but I don't look at it as just this year. I look at like what you've done. But it's the all-stars for this season. Not your career, not last year. It's this uh, year. Okay. Again, I, I, I just said, I'll say it again. How, what, how I look at it. I'm not saying it's right or wrong is I give these veterans respect for their body of work, for what they've done in this league. I get that's that's just how I look at it. Jalen Brunson is an all-star this year. You will hear in in could he have been named easily a starter? Absolutely, a thousand percent. But I'm not in charge of it. But I want to also give respect to this guy who's been doing he's been doing this for quite some time. I mean, Dame has put in some work in this league. So to me, it's just about respecting, you know, you walk in the locker room, you want to get you want to get that vet his respect. That's just me. Okay. Fair play. Well, Steph, today... Steph, yeah, well uh, but hold on. I want to say ahead, this about ahead. Steph. Steph, I was shocked with the Steph Curry. Did you think he'd be in instead of Shea or instead of Lucas? I thought he would be in instead of Shea. I, I really did. Just on his body of work. Like... I was shocked with that one. Now that one, I I was like, oh wow, like that one really shocked me. But Shea Alexander deserves it. Hundred percent. They, they 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 they've won. I can't argue it. But I was a little, I was like, wow, that's Steph Curry. You know, it's kind of like, you know, he's putting up some work this year. He's putting in his numbers. I fully expect him to be named an All Star. But I was a little shocked that he wasn't named an All Star starter. Um, shout out to LeBron, most all-star appearances ever. That longevity right there. But today's Friday, so that means we're answering the questions from the people, BJ. Are okay. you ready? I stay ready, Mo, so what? So I ain't got to get ready. <laughs> now, the first question comes in from Big Con. He says, <laughs> shout out to Big Con, always active in the Discord, always sending in questions. He says, do you think Jason Kidd should be fired? Well, you know, I'm the wrong person when it comes to people being fired. You know, I'm the wrong person. <laughs> Jay, that. PJ don't want no one to be fired. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I have no. I, I listen. All right, full disclosure. Jason is a, a really good friend of mine, right? And I know he's very competent as a coach. I know he understands the game. I, I know how hard it is to coach. And when you look at this team. And what he's done with his team. You know, let's not forget 
you know, to all of our listeners here that this team didn't make the playoffs a year ago. Yeah, because they tanked the end of the season to keep their draft pick. Whatever they did, the the, the fact remains they did and then, not make the playoffs. In fact, they got fined by the NBA for tanking those games. Okay. So it, it's not like they weren't good enough to make the playoffs. They tanked those games. The facts remain that they did make it for whatever the reason may be. Now, I was really surprised that this team didn't make the playoffs. Now, they are still a work in progress when you look at their roster. I don't think, like, what are we fully expecting with this roster as yeah. is? I mean, I, I mean, I'm just being honest. Like, I think like the best case for me for the Mavs is like a five seed with this roster. And where are they currently? Where eighth. are they currently now? Currently okay. eighth, four games above 500. And they started off really hot. And okay. they've slipped down to eighth. But here's the thing. When they started off really hot, they had the easiest schedule in the league. This was expected that they wouldn't maintain that pace throughout the entire season. Yeah. So I, I don't have a problem with this roster and the way they're performing because I don't know what to expect other than they have Luka, they have Kyrie, and then go. Like go, like <laughs> what do you have? Like like go, go with They're their lively, roster. The rookie, okay. Don's X the reclamation we're, project from Europe. It's, this is what I'm saying. Like what am I expecting here? Like they have, you know what they did to get Kyrie. The things they've, I mean, this is a makeshift roster at best. So, I mean, it's easy to. I, I get it. We want to. We want to blame someone. Got to blame someone. Right now, I just think it's very, I think they're in a very difficult situation. I think they understand it, the people there in Dallas. And it's going to take some time to get out of this because they have to get their books in order before they can build a team that has any sustainability. Because Luca is now clearly in the, you know, he's in the thick of his career as far as, you know, what he's going to be as a player. And now you got to start getting your roster together so that, you can maximize when you have a talent like this. So um, I, I, I'm not expecting much more than what they're currently doing. Next question is from Taliwaka Ney. He says, Mo, as a fellow NBA fan in the UK, I've never met another NBA fan in real life. My brother, what neighborhood are you living in? Uh, how do you find in real life communities and friends as a UK NBA fan? I'm pretty open about being an NBA fan to people like me, and I've got a Bucks tattoo, very visible. Uh, number one, become a Celtics fan. But number two... Um, start playing basketball, Mara. Uh, head down to the park, find some local leagues, local pickup runs. You'll find NBA fans. Um, join the Discord. You're already in the Discord. Get uh, get a chat today. You never know who in the Discord might live near you. Um, it's all love. Anytime you meet basketball fans over this side of the pond, it's a very open and welcoming community. So hopefully you do. Um, also, there's events and stuff that go on throughout the summertime. So come down to some of those. I host quite a few of them. So. Uh, you see me tweeting about it, Instagram about it. You just pull up. Uh, Chris wants to know about Miami's fourth quarter woes. The Miami Heat are currently minus 108th in the fourth quarter. For a team whose strength in the playoff last year was fourth quarter comebacks, Miami now fall apart after third. They've been generally heavily outscored in the fourth so far this season, and they play like they're trying to lose rather than continuing to play winning basketball. Can BJ explain the mentality required for fourth quarters and slash or what Miami are doing wrong? Is it just bad lineups or poor execution? Easier to chase than defend? Question mark. Cheers. BJ, in, in my humble opinion, I think Jimmy Butler just doesn't care until it's the playoffs. <laughs> like, as ridiculous as that answer is, I 
He, I think he may have even said it by accident once. He doesn't start playing until at least after All-Star break. So I'm not too worried about the Miami Heat right now. Also, um, Jaime Jaquez, who's a great player for them, is still a rookie. Um, so, you know, he's taking time to get comfortable in this league. But what are your thoughts on Miami in the fourth quarters? You know, to most teams, this would be a concern with me. However, with the Miami Heat and the way they manage, especially Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, I, I, I you know, I, I can't say I understand it. But it works for them. So I'm going to say it's getting the results that you want. I can't argue with the results. Would I like Jimmy to play in more regular season games? Of course I would. Would I like for them to close out games in the fourth quarter in the regular season? Of course I would. However, they must have some secret sauce down there that when the playoffs begin, those guys will be ready. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. And I don't know how they do it. I don't understand it. I'm not pretending to understand it. You know, it's it's kind of like goes to the old, it's it's the old NBA math. What's two plus two? It's everything Who but knows? four. <laughs> yeah, it's everything but four by the NBA, NBA standard. So the Miami Heat are fine. Let's enjoy it. Let's talk about it. Let's try to make sense of it during the regular season. And then when the Miami Heat somehow get to the NBA finals again, with this roster again, and we're all sitting there scratching our heads again, going, "How are they doing this?" It's just it's that's heat culture. So I don't get it. I don't think anyone gets it. But surely it works for them. And Coach Spo and Jimmy Butler and Bam and Pat Riley, they got something figured out down there. Absolutely. Um, Harry Bridge wants to know. Favorable matchups are arguably as important as talent when it comes to the playoffs. Who do you think are the nightmare matchups for the top three teams in the each, in each conference come playoff time? Ooh. This is a good question. BJ, I'm going to walk you through the teams and you can be the one team they don't want to face okay. in the first round of the playoffs. The Boston Celtics. If I were them, I wouldn't want to face the Cleveland Cavaliers. Why is that? Look, I, 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 I say this all the time. Donovan Mitchell at the point guard position, I just don't want to see that. Okay, because but Darius Garland will be back. <laughs> so he'll be back to being I, a point guard. Well, he'll be back. But however, you can't argue with the results they got. Mm -hmm. You can't argue. I mean, they've what? Won, what, what, what are they? The they've Cavaliers won, are 8-2 yeah, and two in their last 10, 10. 26 and 16 okay. up to fourth. Hey, yeah. hey. Do you think they're going to move Darius Garland? I, I, I don't know. However... I, it deserves, I'm going to say this. If the question doesn't come up in the meetings, then everyone's not doing their job. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they should trade Darius Garland. But what I am saying is they were eight and two. Eight and two. With him at the point guard position. And you yeah, have Mobley coming back. But, but I think Donovan Mitchell's a bigger risk to leave as a free agent or demand a trade. Uh, than Darius Garland would be. Um, also with Mobley and Allen, Allen's been playing amazing basketball with Mobley out, and it's a similar thing there. They both play the same position, basically, and I don't know about the fit of that team. But I think um, for the Boston Celtics, the nightmare first-round matchup is the Miami Heat, because I don't know what it is about Eric Spolster. He loves going up against those Celtics. And we saw what happened well, I, last year listen, and, and my, a couple Miami, of years before and the year before. 
I'm gonna tell you who it else. I mean, I know they they've what lost what their last three or four in a row. Yeah, the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, the Indiana Pacers would be a bad. I I think I don't think it's a seventh, sixth, seventh, and eighth seeds this year. I think are going to be pretty decent. Well, speaking of the Pacers. For me, the Milwaukee Bucks, their nightmare matchup in the first round is the Indiana Pacers, who have absolutely owned them this season when they faced off against each other, whether it be the in-season tournament but, but or just let's not games. forget, let's not forget they've made a trade, so this is a different team now. Yes. Yeah, come on, come on. But, okay, so so who's the nightmare matchup for the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round? I, w- I don't want to face the Cavaliers. That, Again. That's just me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to okay. face the okay. I don't want to face the Cavaliers. I don't I do not want to face the Cavaliers. I'm not afraid of Indiana. Okay. I'm not afraid of Indiana. And here's why. Because I don't see anyone now on Indiana's team that can match up with Giannis for seven games. Could you see that before? They had enough bodies. I thought they had bodies. They had enough people to throw at them. See, they lost a, Bruce Brown and they gained Siakam. So it's the same amount of bodies. Here, okay. Here, here, Unless you think okay, Jordan Wara is moving the needle. Here, here is the thing that concerns me with the Milwaukee Bucks. Athletically, they are not an athletic team. Yeah, we said this the yesterday. Indi- and the Indiana Pacers play at a very fast pace. I don't think Siakam plays at that pace. That's just my Siakam and Obi Toppin. I don't think Obi Toppin is like a high flyer, vertical player. You're throwing alley-oops. I don't see Siakam is more he's he catches the ball. He needs his space. He does his thing. Do I think he's athletic? Yes, but I don't see him playing the same level with the same level of athleticism at this stage of his career as Obi Toppin and those guys. So I think that tempo favors the Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Bucks. That's just my personal opinion. Now, Bruce Brown, Bruce Brown and those guys. Yeah, Bruce Brown, right? Yeah, Bruce yeah, Brown. Yeah, Bruce Brown. Yeah, and these guys. I always get them Bruce Bowen. I don't know. I always want to <laughs> Bruce Brown and those guys, they're athletes. They're, those guys are, like, athletic. Like, it's one thing you don't want to guard as you get as you, as you you mature in this league, is speed and quickness. So I think this is a different team. I think they're going to play different. I don't think they're going to – I don't think their first unit is going to play with the same athleticism – with Bruce Brown and Obi Toppin in it. Now you have, you know, I think you have uh Siakam. the shooter, Siakam oh, Buddy and, Hill. and Buddy Hill. I think it's a different team now. I think that favors, I think Buddy Hill favors Milwaukee. The, the Milwaukee Bucks. Well, so that's what I see. We'll see what his burner account says about that on Twitter after this show comes out. Uh, if you're the Philadelphia 76ers, who is your nightmare matchup in the first round? You know, the way JoJo's playing, it, I don't think it really matters for him. I I don't the I don't I, I I you know what I'm hoping this year that he gets to you know pass what the first round right second it's, round it's, yeah second second round. round yeah get to the second round I I I do I hope so because he has been a dominant force I mean he is dominating the game right now I mean he's dominating the game he's not just being good so I don't I don't think it really matters for him because I whoever he Whoever he plays against, probably with the exception of Giannis right now, he is the best player on the floor. You know, I, I only see a couple players that you can say match up with him, Giannis and Jokic. 
Everybody else, I think, I think JoJo is just that dominant of a player at this stage of his career. So I don't really think it matters for him and the and the Philadelphia 76ers. Okay. Um, I think this is their best chance to get past the second round. But uh let's look at the Western Conference. Who is the nightmare matchup for the OKC Thunder? You know, my Sacramento Kings, I, I kind of picked them to finish in the upper part mm. of the Western Conference. They haven't lived up to their expectations have, given what not. they did last season. They they have not. Kind of maintained that level. So I'm going to say this because, you know, I, again, I, I just don't like their matchup, even though they haven't been playing well throughout the course of the year. They've kind of been up and down. It's the New Orleans Pelicans. The, the Pelicans still are a problem. And I still think that Brandon Ingram and Zion – that's just a, a matchup nightmare for anybody. Mm -hmm. That's a load to have to be able to guard those two guys along with CJ McCullough and Valanchunas and Herb Jones and all those guys. I, I just think they have, they've been underperforming. However, this team is very capable. They're very, very capable. And I think they may be better the way their team is constructed. They may be better in the playoffs than they are during the regular season. I hope whatever so. there is. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. So um, I, I'm, I wouldn't, if I was OKC, that's one team I definitely wouldn't want to play just because of their size, athletic ability. But I wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs no matter who, who who they're matching up against. I think the one, the only problem maybe that OKC have is the lack of experience in postseasons. You know, they've never really been there. So I think seeing someone like LeBron James in the first round and the way he perceives the game and the way he can pick it apart and all his experience in the playoffs. Um, and then Chet Holmgren having to see Anthony Davis um, with all of his experience as well. Might be a little tricky. I'm not saying that the Lakers would win. I don't think the Lakers would win that matchup. But I just think it might give them a little scare. Who is the nightmare matchup for the Timberwolves here? Well, when you start, if they're, they finish first or second, they're going to probably see Dallas. They're probably going to see... New Orleans. I, I would say Dallas. I would even say the Lakers. You know, I would I would say the Lakers. Um, but I, I, you know what, Minnesota. I like their team. I I I, I like their team. Well, I, I like I, their size. I, I think for the for the Timberwolves, it would probably be more the Kings for them because the way the Kings play, the speed at which they play, and also Sabonis operating away from the basket area. Rudy Gobert having to get up and down and then be pulled away from the basket to guard on those handoffs that they run with Sabonis. That could be an interesting one. Yeah, I, well, I, I think if Sacramento plays, if Sacramento plays the Minnesota Timberwolves, I think the size will eventually affect Sacramento. I mean, Harrison Barnes playing against Cat and Rudy Gobert, I just, mm. they're just overwhelmed, okay? Unless they decide to go and utilize... JaVale McGee or their other bigs. Okay. I just think at some point the lack of size and how they are committed to playing small. I mean, Harrison Barnes and Kenyon and, and the Murray kid <laughs> versus, you know, Kat and, 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 and their players. I, I just don't think that's a good matchup for them. However, they did lose the other night to the Charlotte Hornets and they went small. So anything's possible. But I'm going to say I think size probably wins out in a playoff series. And, and if there's one thing that you see with the Sacramento's team that's 
kind of been bothersome with them for the last year or year and a half now is size. They haven't figured out how to play against bigger, stronger athletic players. Okay, so the Denver Nuggets currently third. Is there a nightmare team for them? Jokic, listen, again, I, Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis, hey, you, you're going to have to play lights out to beat those guys, okay? Mm-hmm. Those, those guys are going to win two. They're going to win two, possibly three games by themselves in a series, okay? And if you get to a game seven, they'll probably win it. They'll just win the game outright. They're, both, all three of those guys are that good. So Jokic, just get him there and he'll do the rest. So I don't think I don't see any problems with him. But you're going to have to play lights out as a team to beat him. James Lanigan wants to know, out of all of this season's active players, who do you and BJ think has the most promise to be a good head coach in the future? I, I am not good at picking coaches, you know, like, and I, I, I mean, BJ says he's not good at picking coaches, but he don't want no one to be fired. This is, this is no, a bad spot to be in. Well, <laughs> I, 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 well, I'm going to tell you something, you know, like people ask me all the time, man, did you know Steve Kerr was going to be a coach? No, I didn't. And I played with the guy for years. I, I, I didn't like, I didn't think Doc Rivers was going to be a coach played against them for years. I didn't guess that Mark Jackson was going to be, I, Ty Lu, I, I never suspected, you know, Luke Walton. It just never occurred to me, you know, guys end up being coaches or wanting to be coaches. You know, I, I, you know, I would think if you wanted to be a coach, you would at least talk about it. Right. You know, like, mm-hmm. You know, Mo becomes a GM. I would be like, oh yeah, like he talked about that. Yeah, I could I see that. Spoke that into existence. I'm yeah, for the but day. if you if you're with someone for years and they never talk about it and then they do it, you're like, huh? Like yeah, they I, make I you move in silence, man. Shout out to yeah. I think yeah. Obvious, the obvious answer is Chris Paul because that's just the obvious. I don't answer. think Chris Paul. I don't Paul, think Chris Paul. Yeah, I don't. Think, I, don't, I, don't no. I don't think a lot of players want to play. See, for Chris Paul coaching. this is one thing I've. This is one thing I have learned about coaching. Very rarely does a great player become a great coach. Shout out to Jason Kidd. Yes, very rarely. <laughs> As I said, very rarely. It's because of do you, the do way you know that who they... I think. And it might be a little random and unexpected. I think Patrick Beverly. Because number one. Yeah, he's he, he's too he's 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 too volatile. He okay, he sees how the stars are being coached. You know, he has the observation because he's not a star player himself. And then from what I've heard other players say about him, how he comes into practice and the coaches say, we're doing X, Y, Z against this team. And he says, no, we're doing this because this player's tendency is to do like the way he studies the game and every matchup and his emphasis on defense. Like I'd rather have a defensive minded coach rather than an offensive minded coach. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, okay, say, cool. Yeah, yeah. You got when a team coach you... by Steph Curry. You got a team coach by Pat Bev. I want to take the team coach by Pat Bev because Steph Curry can't make all those guys shoot like him. But guess what Pat Bev can do? He can make them grind it out the same way he's grinded out his whole career. Do, Pat, look, Pat Bev is brilliant at the game of basketball. However, what makes Pat Bev Pat Bev is his personality. Mm-hmm. I don't, and as a coach, you can't do that. And okay, and if he can't be Pat Bev, then who's he? Yeah, gonna maybe be? he grow, maybe he matures a little as he grows older. And, and and no, no, no. What makes him Pat Bev 
But maybe it's just a different version of Habev as he becomes a coach. Playing is about you. Coaching is about them. See, that, that coaching is about them. It's not about we, – we, we're making this about what Pat Bev is going to do. Playing, it's about you. Coaching, it's about them. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's, how, that's how the game works. That's how this game works. Now, you know who I can see being a, a, a good coach? Mm-hmm. Like Derek White. Derek White, yep. Okay. The best coaches, in my opinion, are the guys who are on the bench. I hear it. And the reason, and the reason though, and and I I and looking back on it, I should have seen Steve Kerr. Why? Because he he's the guy that came off the bench. I should have saw Doc Rivers. You know, he was a starter and a guy came off the bench. I think it's really hard for people. Well, I mean, Derek White has been a star this season. Yeah, he was but, only but really a bench player last season. Like like M.A. Doka, for instance. Like, those guys make the best coaches to me. Okay. Well, shout out to Pierce McGlinchey, who also asked the same question. Yeah. Um, I, I, so, but, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, you, you just – but I think the guys who are on the bench are probably the best coaches. Mm-hmm. They, those guys who, who had to come up with t- kind of tough, went to the G League – Kind of sat on the bench, maybe fought their way to become a rotational player. So Sometimes, I, I I just don't think Pat Bev. I don't think Pat Bev's personality fits. But, yeah, but you just described his career path. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, the guys from the With the English podcast want to know: Can OKC make a deep playoff run now, or do they need to trade in some of those picks absolutely for some veteran championship experience? Uh, uh, We've discussed absolutely. this before. We discussed yeah. this before. They saving their financial flexibility, and they can. And even if they do go out and lose in the first round somehow, it's good experience for them, and they'll be back next year. I'm not mad at that. Um, David Snell wants to know. Why is Joe Sy allowing the Brooklyn Nets to cruise towards being the most irrelevant franchise in the NBA? No coaching change, no front office change, have none of their own picks. Um, what do you want them to do? Like, what, what they what, have the Phoenix picks, which might turn out very valuable in 2029. Um, well, here's the thing I was thinking about not to answer that question, but just something. Did you see the Knicks in the Nets game? Okay, what about it? Did you see it? Did you watch it? The Knicks fans are going to out. They're going to. Yeah. Yeah. The Knicks yeah, okay. just need to move. Why? You Did you watch that game? Yeah. They've been did, doing this for the last 40 years. Like, did, did you see is, Bridges' reaction after? Exactly. They've done this for the last four years and they never won nothing. Okay. So what's the big deal? And the the, the Knicks... only players that ever wanted to sign there decided to leave two, three years after. You know, I and unless I'm, I don't know. Maybe I missed something. When I when I came into this league, I I didn't look up the history of like <laughs> the, the rivalry before I got there. Like when you get someplace, you establish your own history. Like just in case we haven't noticed, like New York is the Knicks. Yes, that's why. Why am I trying okay. to build a whole nother thing there when the Knicks already run the whole city? Okay, that's fine. But the Knicks run the city when people win. Now, it's our job to figure out for us to build our own legacy there. Like, if the Nets start winning, then 
you start rooting for the Nets. That's well, how then, this works. Well, then this is why David Snell is asking this question because okay. they are not winning whatsoever. The Nets okay, right so now. Okay, so this is why this is why they're not winning. Okay, by the way, they, they had Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden, and they had that whole debacle. Then they had the situation with Ben Simmons, who currently still might be coming back soon. Might be coming back soon. They've done all of these things. They had draft picks out and so forth and so on. I mean, there's a lot this franchise has gone through. Now, I don't know what we are really expecting based on everything that I've seen, but maybe maybe I'm missing something here. Maybe I missed the part of the the re this whatever retooling or however we want to call it to where I'm expecting something better right now. Like they've had coaches fired, players out, players traded, requests. What are we really expecting here? So you have a really nice player, Mikhail Bridges. You have some nice pieces there. You've gone through, I mean, it seemed like the last two years or three years, it seemed like all we were talking about was everything but basketball there. The Knicks suddenly were not making the playoffs during that time of the Kevin Durant and them era. And all of a sudden, over the last year and a half since Jalen Brunson arrived, suddenly now things have turned around. So, okay, they have one year where they made the playoffs and you didn't. But if you go back, they probably have both probably won just as many games as the other. So I don't understand what the big deal is. However, if you said right now, the Knicks future probably looks a little brighter right now. But things, as you know, turn around in a hurry. I think Brooklyn is a terrific destination. The Knicks have a lot of history. I mean, they've won a championship. Shouldn't they have a better fan base? Shouldn't they? I mean, am I missing some here? I mean, is this like, like, hey, I showed up. You should root for me. Or do you have to actually do something? Mm-hmm. Like, like well, let's do can something. They, what can the Nets do? What, what can Nets, Joe Sy do as the what owner the of Nets this team? Do, what the Nets, what Joe Sy and these guys could do is to stabilize this franchise and say, these are the guys we're going with. How about that? Stabilize your franchise. Like you've gone through so much over the last three, what the last five years, right? Just look at their transactions over the last three to five years. I mean, it's been unbelievable what they've gone through. So when you look at their team, just stabilize the franchise. Well, I want to ask you if Jack Vaughn is the right coach for them, um, but I know what your answer will be. So I'm not going to go there. Vaughn, okay. So, all right, we we before you can start doing the coaches, let's get some players who we know are going to be there. Let's stabilize that. Like, who's there right now that we think is going to be there for the next two or three years? Bridges. Just name who you. Bridges, who else? Cam Johnson. Okay. And, and so here's the thing. Nick Claxton, last year, to end the year, to start this year, everyone's talking about, oh, he could be a, in a defense player of the year race. Where are his minutes going? Cam Thomas, who who to start this year, everyone's talking about one of the most improved players. Where's his minutes going? And that's down to the coach. Okay. So let's talk about... So we we could player. really say Bridges, let's, Johnson, uh, Claxton, uh, uh, Cam Thomas. There's four players. But now two of them are having a minutes cut. Okay. So let's, let's talk about 
Claxton or whatever. Something is going on with Claxton and why he went from last year. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's injury or what have you. But I do know this as a player and, and looking at a roster. You know, it's been interesting to watch this kid. Uh, what's the kid you just named? Um, Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas. Because you have Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges, who are basically wing players. Yeah, I just Cam think Thomas is a guard. Yes. So where is where where is he going to play? At the guard position. Okay. Well, you, th that's where Bridges and these guys play. That's what I'm saying. I, I where are the, where are his minutes? Well, like I don't see. I just don't see a lot of minutes. I think he's a good player. Clearly, he scores and da 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 da. However, if I remember correctly, they awarded Cam Johnson a contract, so he's going to play. Oh yeah, I think Phoenix did before the trade, but yeah, so he's going to play. Bridges is going to play. Dinwiddie, Dorian. That's what I'm saying. That's what, like, like I just think there's a logjam there, unless I'm missing something. But it's just maybe it's just me. So okay, so now we say well, this guy should be playing. Okay, all right, great. Well, let's say that. So now we're going to question the coach. All right, we can question the coach. That's fine. But this guy took over in a very difficult situation. And if I remember correctly, they made the playoffs or they were somewhere near it. Mm -hmm. Again, fully. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't understand. What what are we expecting? Like, I don't see... I don't see this team settling in with a group, a makeshift group, I might add, throughout all of the adversity they've gone through. Like, this has been a very tough... This has been a tough, like, it's tough to watch, let alone I'm not even in the building. So the fact that they are still competitive, I mean, I just saw them win a game out here on the West Coast. I think they beat the Lakers or something. They still compete. So clearly, you know, the coaching staff, Jock Vaughn, these guys are doing something. But when you look at their roster, I mean, it's it's literally like just guys that they've gotten and received back in trades. And I think they've done a good job in trading under the circumstances that they've had to deal with. I mean, they've had to make some very difficult decisions there in Brooklyn mm -hmm. and somehow they survived it. Well, so I mean, I, it's not I, like I they can get relegated or anything. So of course they survived. Like you're trading Kevin Durant, you're going to get some sort of decent return. Anyone could trade Kevin Durant for a decent return. I, I, I that until you have to trade Kevin Durant. Anyone but, can do anything until you have to do it. Right. I, I agree with that. I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, that's, that's tough. I, I just think that's tough. That's a, that's a tough scenario. Um, but you, you may be right on that one. Well, Hamza wants to know, do you think rookies being drafted to usually the worst teams in the league hinders their growth? Now this is a double-edged sword because rookies being drafted to bad teams, they're obviously in a losing situation. But on the other side of that, they get more touches and more opportunities than they would if they were drafted to one of the better teams. So 50-50. BJ, what's your take on it? If you're a rookie and you're one of those tiny guys, do you want to go into a winning situation where maybe you're just a role player or do you want to go into a, a losing situation where you can be you okay, and, here, and have here, the ball here, and do what you here, want to here, do? Here's the truth of the matter. Here's the truth of the matter. You know, Mo, we... I got to be very careful here. We we put all of this stock into draft picks. 
You know, my friend, my good friend here will say, oh, this guy, they got three picks. Oh, they crushed it. Oh, they got this. They, 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 they. I don't think I've ever right. used the phrase "crushed it." Oh, in my life. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well gosh well, darn, well, they crushed it. Yeah, you, you, you are get very excited about draft picks. I, 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 and and I cringe every time I hear people get excited about draft picks because first you got to get it right. Like. Drafting is very difficult. We love it when someone gets it right. Oh, they 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 stick their chest out. But you that's it, it, it's it's very difficult to, to draft correct. Second, the reason you have a high pick is because you are, you know, not a good team. That's why you have a high, high pick. Traditionally, Mo, the very best players in our league who've come into this league through the draft have been drafted in the lottery because of the, how young these guys are coming into the league. Now, the question has, the question has to be asked, are they ready to perform? And the answer is clearly no, but they're still coming to the draft. So, We've disguised it in the NBA and we say we're into what? what? What do we do, Mo? We develop players. Now, so wait a minute, let me get this right. So your team is bad and then you're going to draft a player that you have to spend three, four years to develop. And then we make up terms like trust the process. <laughs> and do we do all these things. Now, when is the last time we've seen a player come in his rookie year and then at least get his team to the playoffs or the play-in just to get him into the play-in game. When the last time that happened? I need to look it up. Now the last player I could recall where that happened was 2008 with Derrick Rose when he came into the draft. They were the eighth seed. That's the last time. That's the last time I can recall right off the top. I don't, I don't know for sure. How factual that is. The problem is we're we're in a we're in a stage now in the NBA where we've placed more substance on developing players than actually performing. That's a that's an NBA problem. So getting back to the question. I just think we have a problem in in in, in saying the following. We've we've placed so much into the draft. We place so much stock into assets, as they refer to them. Not me. That's what they refer to them as. And we put all of this, you know, we put all of this, you know, I guess, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Clout or whatever it is into drafting players when clearly we don't have a return on the investment. Until years down the road. Maybe that's why most teams value veteran players. Because mm -hmm. experience counts. So if you want to be good in this league, you better have experience. Well, all right. All right. So I I I would tend to I would lean towards how valuable. I can't think of a better prospect than Wimbenyama in the last 
20, 30 years. Since 2003. Yeah, I can't think of it. I mean, this guy, Wimbiyama is is an elite prospect. However, what do they have? How many wins do they have? Not enough. <laughs> okay. Not enough. So th- that says it Eight. right there. Okay. So that says it right there. Right there. Now, and this guy is putting up monster numbers, by the way. Don't get me started on him. I mean, I've watched him last night versus Chet. Wow. Watching him just in the league. I mean, what's the name scored 70 against them the other night? Embiid. And he's Embiid, yes. And he still had like 33 and mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like he's just, and he's doing this in like 28 minutes. I mean, 26 minutes. Like the other night he had like, yeah, like 27 in like 24 minutes. I mean, he's just doing things now that's just like. Yeah, he, he, you've been he, averaging 24 points in like a 20 minute minute restriction. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like, it's ridiculous. So I, I would love to see players invest in themselves and say, I want to be one of the first players to come in since whenever and make an impact on winning. To me, that would be because that to me is what makes I mean, think about this. Think about this. I'm old enough to remember this. When Magic Johnson came in this league in 1979, 1979 and 80. This guy won an NBA championship as a rookie. Imagine if we saw that today, Mo. Yeah. I think he was the that finals MVP. Wild. Yeah, yeah. And Kareem, yeah, yeah, Kareem was injured for that yeah, final game and he stepped in the center. Okay, think about that. Think about how many great players have come in and made an immediate impact in the win column. I, mean, I remember, so when you were like the number one pick, you were expected to make at least 10 plus wins in the win column. If you were like, you know, th- th- that that's the, th- we've... It's kind of like, I don't know if those things have just gone by the wayside. We don't value winning anymore. You know, you just get your stats developed and then, hey, next year you'll come back and average 28, 29, 30. But, you know, well, you didn't win. So then, you know, hey, I guess I'll say, well, he needs help. (laughs) I don't know. At some point here, like what happened to, if you're going to be a top whatever, four or five player, and you want that responsibility, you have to take some responsibility that comes with it. And I'm old enough to remember when you were the number one pick, you were expected to win. Like David Robinson, Akeem Olajuwon, Magic Johnson, those guys were expected to win right out of the bat. Now, when Shaq came into the league, I mean that, but again, I I I I don't know. It's a new time, so I I guess I'm, yeah. I don't know where that fits, but it's it's a new time. It's a new era, and unfortunately, now we don't expect these guys to. <laughs> we don't even expect these guys to like. I mean, the whole idea that you have ten teams that can get into like extra games like is that asking too much 
Okay, but just to go back to the question, do you think being on the worst teams in the league hinders their growth? Do you think Wemby would have developed more if he was on a competitive team rather than being on the Spurs? Okay. That's, I'm drafting you because you're that good with the number one pick. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm only, my team is only as good as the players that play. But players in the NBA, from the day they're drafted to the end of their first season, nearly all of them improve during that first season, right? So if Wemby goes from point A to point B, do you think being on a better team, he would have gone from point A to point B the a problem, lot quicker? And the, the problem has to be solved with, the problem has to be solved is we got to have a heart to heart. Are you ready to perform on day one? And clearly the answer is no. Now, are you? can you play in the NBA? The answer is clearly yes. Can you perform in the NBA? That's a different question. We've placed more. We've placed more credibility now in the developmental process than performing. Mo, coaches and players get paid to perform and win games. You don't get. You don't get. But the, but the question is simple. Would Wemby have developed more? in a winning team than he has on the Spurs. Wimby would develop more if he would still be playing wherever he was at before he got to the no, NBA. No, no, you got two options, right? Okay. Being drafted he, no, by the Spurs. He shouldn't, right? he, he, now, in my opinion, now he's got a, he's got a, a, a limit or, or whatever he's, whatever he's got going on. Whatever, they call it, restriction. A, a minute restrictions. Okay. He's got a minute restrictions. Okay. Well, it's 82 games and 48 minutes a night. I'm, I'm drafting you number one for a reason. Okay. But that's not the answer. That's not remotely answering the question I'm asking. Okay. Well, all right. Ask the question again. Would Wemby have developed more by being drafted by a good team rather than the Spurs. Because you watch the Spurs, guys aren't even feeding him the ball at the right time. You're playing with worse teammates. You got to, you know, defensively, your teammates are making more mistakes. Offensively, they're making more mistakes. So if he was drafted to a good team, do you think that would help his develop more? Or do you think by having a lesser role, byproduct of being in a good team, it would hinder his development? According to what I've seen, as far as winning and losing, if Wimby went to the Milwaukee Bucks, where's Wimby going to play? Where is he going to develop? So, so the answer is no, then. <laughs> it's a loaded question that can't be answered. It's not a loaded question. Asking, it's a fan in the Discord asking the question. If you are going, to, if he's going to, if he's going to the, if he's going to the Philadelphia 76ers. Okay, okay. I'll rephrase it. What's better for development? Being in Chet Holmgren's situation or being in Wembenyama's situation? Okay, Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren. Aside from the fact he missed last season with injury, right? Okay, this is what I'm saying. Being on the one seed or being on the 15 seed? Which is he, which is better for rookie? Okay, you're you're asking. There is no clear answer to the question because it's just a matter of opinion. Yeah, no, there's this all, whole there's, there's BJ. This whole episode. No, Every no, no, question we've no. been asked it, 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 is all opinions. It's an opinion. However, you have to support your argument with sound fact. That's the problem 
with someone you're saying, okay, you say, okay. So Mo asked a question, what's better? So the question was, what's better for his development, correct? Yes. Okay, here is a fact. How are you gonna develop without playing? <laughs> but he is playing. And he would be playing on no, OKC no, no, too. No, 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 no. Okay, listen, listen, listen to what I'm saying. How are you going to develop without playing, whether he was on a good team or a bad team? There's only one way to develop. I just said 10 minutes ago, coaches and executives and organizations that value winning, they're always going to seek experienced players. How are you going to become the player you're supposed to become without playing? I don't care where you play. You have to play. There's no way to bypass the process to becoming a player other than to play. You have to get the reps. Yes. I don't care if it's on a bad that's team. That's a fact, but that's, yeah, not, okay, that's yes. not to do with the well, question. Like. Okay. Yes, it does. It absolutely <laughs> Let's does. say you're but, playing 25 minutes a night. Absolutely. Do you want to be on a good team or a bad team? That's the okay. question. But, Okay. That's from a fan's perspective. I have an answer no, to not, that. That's a question. There's no perspective. Okay, that's, okay, fine. It's a different perspective. It never occurred to me that I was on a bad team because I consider myself a good player. If I'm on a team, I'm going to I'm going to contribute to a winning organization. I am the team. I am the team. If I'm playing significant minutes, 25 or more minutes. I'm going to contribute to a winning organization. That's how I carried and conducted my business. I didn't come to a team and they just carried me and they were a good team, whether I was there or not. I contributed to that. That's how I carried myself. Sometimes better than others. But if I'm on a team and I'm playing 25 to 30 minutes, I had to believe, Mo, with my, at least my confidence said, I'm going to contribute to the bottom line here. Now that's now, now, if you think that I'm just gonna waltz and go, hey, where's the good team? I just want to be on that team. And no, you're just a guy. You you're not you're not contributing to the bottom line here. That's not how this works. That's not if I am a good player, I have to carry the responsibility. If I want to be the top guy. I have to carry myself with the responsibility of saying I'm going to affect whether we win or lose. Now, if you don't want that responsibility, turn it over to someone else. You can't just say I'm on a good team and I'm, I showed up or oh, I'm on a bad team. Well, I don't want to be here. I didn't contribute to that. No, if, if we're on a bad team, I have to like say, well, maybe something I'm doing is not right. So when they ask the question, I get it why you're asking it that way. However, when I played on teams that weren't good, I didn't say they were a bad team. I looked at myself and said, hey, man, what, what am I doing now that I wasn't doing when we were winning? I'm, I, I feel like I'm doing the same thing. So before I, before I get into the circle of blame and start blaming other people, I got to first look at myself. So Wimbenyama, there's no way to develop without playing. Okay? Now, 
There's no way to develop while you're winning. Why? Because you have a lack of experience. Winning basketball is a different game than developing basketball. So when you're developing, I'm going to allow you to play through your mistakes. We can look at a player now, Kaminga. Kaminga is a really, really good player. However, winning basketball is a is a different game. So I understand the question. Yeah, yeah. So so in you've answered the question. In in answer to the question, it doesn't hinder the growth of a player by being drafted to one of the worst teams because it gives them the chance to go out there and play and play through the mistakes. It, it does hinder. It does hinder it. And why does it hinder it? Winning is a winning. Winning becomes part of your personality, just as losing becomes part of your personality. <laughs> this is a this is what always. <laughs> believe it or not, these people are not just machines. Winning becomes a habit. Losing becomes a habit. If you learn how to lose, you will learn, you will just be, you'll losing will just become part of your makeup. Once you learn how to win, that will be part of your makeup. This is the delicate balance that I struggle with in this era. Under no circumstances do I want to go through a season where I win, when I'm winning five to eight or 10 games in a year. Especially as a young player, there's no confidence. You don't know how that person is going to respond under that level of duress. So thinking that you just are developing while you're losing, no. You hear people say this all the time, but I get it. No one talks about it. Winning is very, very difficult. And you, you, you don't take that for granted. Oh, well, we got this player. We're just going to win. That's not how this works. You don't turn the switch on and you don't turn it off. So my problem is I don't see people who just lose and then they flip a switch and then they just start winning. That's not how this works. So I get it. We may, the question may sound that way, but that's not how this works up here. Once you start winning, you win. Once you start losing, you, you probably lose. Why? Because where are you going to learn how to win? Where are you going to learn? Well, we're going to see how it fares for Wemby's development by being on a losing team because I still think that he is not going to end up his whole career being a losing player. But I'm, I'm, but, but uh, we think that. However, we don't know how it's going to affect people. That's very you, true. And we see we don't know. Detroit Pistons. We don't know the effects of losing on young people. These young people have never lost. Anyone will tell you this, and then, I, and then I'll let it go. The worst, the worst part of this NBA experience is when you are losing at a consistent rate because there, it just seems like it'll never end. I can't imagine what those young people must have gone through in Detroit. I can't imagine what those kids are going through in San Antonio. I can't imagine that. This isn't something that just, oh, it happened and, and, and it just rolls off your back and you're like, oh, we'll be better next year. No, that's not how it happens. You don't know how this is going to play out. Now, if you're a veteran and you've experienced winning, okay, you got some confidence. 
these young kids, you don't know. Like they've never, they're not playing for anything. That's why you, you hear me say things like, hey man, it's important for this team to play meaningful games. It was important for OKC to play in those meaningful games a year ago. It's called skip steps. You can't skip. There you go. There we go. There we go. And all I'm saying is, Mo, is these people, they're people. People respond in situations differently. There's different personalities. There's there's people that are, some people are, they have, they got fight in them. They got grit in them. Some people don't have that. Some people lose their confidence. Mo, how many times you heard me say, ben once Simmons. you lose your confidence, you never get it back. Mm -hmm. You never know how people will react to failure. Winning was the easy part. When I went to teams later in my career and I had lost, it didn't bother me as it didn't bother me as much as it did when I wasn't even sure if I belonged in this league. Mm -hmm. That that's a fact. Like, uh, hey, bro. These these when you a young player in year one or two and you start losing 10, 11 in a row. You mean to tell me you just walk away like, yeah, man, I know I got this. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> yeah, but hey, hey, I know, hey, I know what we do. We just tanking right now. But next year, it's gonna be on and popping. No, that's not how that works, bro. Now, when you a vet, you'll be like, I know what they doing, man. They only playing me 20 minutes a night. They just making sure da 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 da. Okay, you 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 understand. You got a little something to hang your hat on. You don't know, Mo, what these guys are going to do. So, yeah, that's true. Well, the final one here is from Taliwakane. Again, he says, I'm a landscaper and I get to listen to podcasts all day and I'm not too busy. So I usually get to watch one or two games a day once I'm home. My brother, you have the best life. Chilling, making gardens look nice all day, listening to podcasts. You're living the dream, bro. He says, question, do I have a problem? I listen slash watch to 12 to 15 hours of basketball a day. My brother, the only way that would be a problem is if you weren't listening to the Hoop Genius podcast, but you are, and you're even in the Discord, so you have the opposite of a problem. You are living what many people would dream about doing. So shout out to you. Shout out to everyone who put their questions in. Shout out to BJ Armstrong every time dropping the knowledge. Make sure you guys subscribe, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back on Monday with Mr. Scott Perry, and that episode is going to be recorded before, before the NFL playoffs because uh, I don't know if I'm ever going to see BJ again if they win so um, so so we'll record that very soon <laughs> but we're, the episode will drop on Monday and we'll see you guys there so until next time get buckets